0: Welcome back to another edition of Giving the Points podcast alongside Mr. Odell. I am Jeff Cox. Mr. Odell, what's going on, my friend? Good
1: evening. Good evening, Jeff. You know, I, I really wish we could jump right into the picks tonight because that's all that I want to talk about. But it wouldn't be fair to our listeners that that don't really wager and gamble to, to have to sit through that for an hour. So we'll roll it off to you and uh, we'll get started with, with what I want to talk about later and uh, roll into some other stuff.
0: You I mean, you don't know the tens of people that listen to this just for the list. I mean, we've got people knocking down our door to hear the list. The anticipation is just mounting every I week. they so. do,
1: and it, it just wouldn't be fair. It just wouldn't be fair.
0: Yeah. Well, we've got a little sports card themed list this week with a special guest along the way and momentarily. Um, let me just briefly kind of tell our listeners and, of course, viewers now about uh, this last weekend. I, a good acquaintance of both of ours, Mr. Monopoly, for lack of a better name, uh, granted me two tickets to the uh, Florida Utah game. So I'm not a fan of Utah. However, I'm, I'm more of a hater of Florida. So I was, of course, welcome to, uh, put this shirt together and wear it with the, uh, the Mighty Utes. So, um, we, we joined him along for an, a buddy, uh, alongside a buddy of mine came and, uh, there was another gentleman that you know very well that we're not gonna say his name, but we're gonna call him Mr. Overserved. Now, this gentleman was, um, obviously a little tipsy and throughout the whole game was showing me as constant wagers. Um, you know, I don't want to tell the dollar amounts, but, um, does this guy have a, a history of wagering that you're aware of sports wagering? Not
1: nothing I know of. I, I thought he was a nickel and dimer. Apparently he is a, uh, quarter 50 cent guy. Cause he was throwing out some sh- figures on text line and I was sitting at the <laughs> poker table. I was like, even I wouldn't do some stupid shit like that. So
0: yeah, that was surprising to see. Um, So that was entertaining uh, hearing him. And uh, it was a great end of the game. But uh, a cool thing that I'm going to put up on our Twitter feed, which, by the way, is giving the points, is uh, after the game. I'm going to talk about halftime real quick in just a moment. But after the game, we hung back. We didn't want to get in the crowd, just kind of taking our time. We had nowhere to be that night. So uh, my friend and I saw this guy running down from the stands, younger kid with some footballs and about eight footballs in his hands. And I was like, oh, he, I told him he's going to fumble one of those things. And he did a few feet below us. So I went down, I was like, Hey, can I help you out, man? I don't know what he was doing with him. Turns out he was taken out of the field for some post-game kids thing they do. And one of the footballs was kind of to the side. I said, do you mind if I punt it? Cause I've got a little bit of a kicking and punting experience in my, my sports history. He said, go for it, man, go for it. So I punted it. My buddy got it on uh, tape, so it was pretty entertaining. It was. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna toot my own horn. It was a pretty good punt. A little spiral it, it was, action got it down to the field. Yeah. So uh, that was pretty entertaining. I would have took it
1: to the house. Knowing myself, I would have. I would have took it. I would have kind of delayed a little bit, and I would have took it to the house. The criminal so.
0: in the back of my mind was with Yosho. I wanted to take it, but then I looked at the football halfway out the the thing, and I'm like, no, it's got a Florida logo. We can't do that. So. Anyway, I just punted the shit out of it down to the field. Um, Good punt. And we have a nice little video for it. So we'll have to throw that up there now. But, before, but hold on just a
1: second, Jeff. Yeah, but please. Before you get into the next piece, I, I want to say that I was sitting at the poker table mm-hmm. and I had mountains of chips. I mean, they were just stacked up everywhere. And I, I could barely see my phone. And I saw a picture of you in your Utah shirt. And I said, that's that's a pretty cool shirt. I said, but it was a missed opportunity, man. It, it really was. And I, as I sat there at the poker table, I was like, what, what would – why would have made that shirt a little better? And really what it should have been is it should have been a stick guy, just one stick guy in the middle of the shirt. And on each side of the shirt, three stick women to represent Utah. And then the saying underneath should have said, Utah, at least our houses are clean. And that would have summed up the entire trip for most Utah fans. And I I was, so I'm thinking about just making that shirt myself and putting it out there in the, the hemisphere, Hey, but we'll have to see.
0: You, you've got a website to uh, sell those products. And this was just a, a Cricut project away. I mean, this is a $6 Walmart shirt. Uh, my daughter, uh, I don't want to say her name, but credit to her. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, she just threw it up on the Cricut machine, printed it, had it to me within about an hour or so. So I had to, had to wear it down there. But before I, I migrated down to Gainesville, which is about an hour and a half from where where I live, I uh, was doing my you know my morning routine on Saturdays, having my coffee, looking at the spreads, uh, placing a few wagers, and I listened to a podcast I've been listening to for just over about a month or so now. It's called Pack to the Future. It's like the movie, but P instead of B as in boy. So these three guys are really entertaining. Uh, talk about sports cards, and they just got a camaraderie that's that's uh, really it, it makes me want to listen. And my son actually listens every once in a while too. So. They start talking. They're based in Utah. So they start talking about one of the gentlemen's um, trip to Florida. And I'm putting it together thinking, okay, well, Utah is playing Florida. Um, So I just shoot him a message on Instagram just a shot in the dark. And they said, yeah, uh, one of our guys, Ricky, uh, Mr. eBay, we're going to introduce him momentarily. Um, is headed down there with his family for the game. So I said, what the hell? We'll get a picture. We'll meet him. You know, you've been listening to him. You like the content they provide. So we ended up exchanging cell phone numbers. It was like it was a first date, man. It was crazy. So, um, yeah, I'm going to bring him on momentarily. He's our special guest for the night. But, um, yeah, we met and we kind of had a, a, a good meetup. So um, we have uh, packed to the Future, one of the three co-hosts. Uh, Mr. eBay himself, Ricky, we thank you for coming, uh, joining the podcast. How you doing tonight, man?
2: Hey, thank you for having me on. It's it's great to be with you both. Uh, I've been starting to listen to your show, and I've become a big fan of cool. giving the points myself. Um, and I figured it's the least I could do for you, Jeff, given the uh, brief meeting we had at the Florida game. Yes.
0: <laughs> it was a very exciting yet brief meeting. Uh, we, we agreed to meet up at halftime. When right. I say meet up, I consider myself the home man, even though I'm an hour and a half away. I traveled around the swamp to your seats, which is fine. You did. Um, I felt terrible, and, and and for our listeners and viewers, this poor man was stuck in a corner like a redheaded stepchild, just <laughs> through what twenty people deep? Would 30. I say more like 30, thirty? Thirty. It was an insane setup, and I the the poor swamp people put these Utah people. It just it was just terrible. So. We got down there, and it was humid conditions, as you can probably imagine for anyone who's not visited Florida. So we met, talked for a moment, talked to your family, and then I look away, and the next thing I know, you're sitting down in kind of a fetal position. So tell us real quick about what happened, man.
2: Yeah, so I, uh, I'm i a man of larger carriage, for those of you not watching on TV, and uh, we were walking around gainesville uh from noon to 7 p.m uh and and i felt terrible jeff when you started reaching out first of all you reached out about three hours before the game right. and i said yeah here's where we're at right next to the stadium and you're like well man i'm still driving there so i'll see you in a few hours <laughs> that's right <laughs> and so i said uh we we exchanged where we're sitting and uh, and as I you're right to my left, I, I'm stuck against this like cement barrier yeah. uh, that split our section up. And then I'm 30 people deep uh, to my right. And so as we're kind of coordinating where to meet, I'm thinking there's no way in hell I'm getting out of here and right. over to you. Yeah. And so I felt terrible. I said, yeah, you got to come to me. You got to my <laughs> portal. Come on down.
1: Mm-hmm. And you
2: did. And I was thrilled to see you and, and meet you and chat with you. Uh, for about two minutes, and we took a photo. I felt great in that photo. Uh, mm-hmm. and uh turned to my dad 30 seconds later. I sat down. I'm glad you didn't realize that I I thought you would have taken it more of as a slight that I, I turned mm-hmm. away from you to sit down, but I thought I'm in trouble. And so I tried to stand back up and says so as not to be rude to you, and uh right. had about enough energy to grab my dad and say, I'm going down. <laughs> <laughs> and we initially thought I am a diabetic and we initially right. thought it was a blood sugar low. And so I told him, I said, I need Coke and I, I can barely move. I'm leaning on my dad and thank God Jeff handed me his uh, one fifth of mostly probably spit. Dr. Uh, Pepper water down. Right? <laughs> it is yep. a first date, you know, I'm not
0: a Florida fan. I'll backwash.
2: I couldn't even look up at Jeff. I had to take this cup and I drank it and just dropped it. And, so it was uh yeah they they talked all day about the humidity getting to us Mm -hmm. uh i don't know if it got to the football team for sure or not i think it did one of our players was throwing up on the sideline but Mm -hmm. it definitely got me so the least i could do is come on and talk with you a little bit longer jeff
0: well thank you man (laughs) um and we'll we'll plug your uh podcast and your your socials here um towards our the end of your segment but um we had a couple questions we want to kind of get to know the packs of the future podcast and and the three of you guys and again i I don't know if you heard but i was saying that you guys really have a good camaraderie and uh it just it really shows in the way y'all bullshit and talk to each other so yeah um, just briefly like how did it come together whose idea was it to bring a card podcast together
2: uh, I probably was the driver of it. I've always been a, a huge, huge fan of talk radio, uh, sports and non-sports alike. Uh, and, and I talked to my co-host, Chad, uh, about it nonstop to the point he forbids me from talking about my favorite shows. I do it so often. Mm. And I think I kind of wore him down over time. Um, my, my friend Chad, my co-host, and I went to high school together and, and have been close uh, since that time. Uh, and, and our friend Tim uh, and Chad met through medical school, and, and I met Tim later in life. And uh, and as Chad and I kind of got back, he, Chad got me back into the hobby of collecting cards, and and I've always been big on on podcasting. Now, I know Chad's wife also worked for a radio station for a short period not too long ago, and so that may have played a role. Uh, I want to say that Chad really pushed us to do this, but it it really was my project that So, but I just don't remember kind of getting us started. Mm -hmm. And then we took about a year to kind of figure it out, uh, what we were doing, uh, setting up the podcast, how it's going to look and and the like. Uh, And we realized very quickly, we are not experts. (laughs) We are not going to be able to tell you how to make money in this hobby. We're not going to be able to uh, tell you all like the new news before it's released or what we think is going to happen. So we said, what can we sell the audience? And what we can sell the audience is hanging out with your friends, collecting cards. Right. And so we just try to have a, a good time doing that and talking about the different um, areas of the hobby and, and have really come to enjoy ourselves. So cool.
1: Well, you know, Ricky, um, one of the questions I had for you would be, what is your favorite card?
2: Ooh, ooh, that is a good question. And and my favorite card, I—I I, you'll find this about me as we get into these questions. I'm very sentimental. Uh, Sedimental means about as much as anything to me. And I have it right here with me. It is a Barry Sanders rookie oh, card. Nice. Now, this is in an HGA la- label. HGA oh. slabs uh, look nice, but they aren't necessarily good. Yeah. This card was bought. This is not a, it, it's marked as an HGA 9. It is not a 9. Let me tell you that. It is, it is faded and yeah. worn out. But the reason this is my favorite is, Jeff, you got to meet my brother uh, Mm -hmm. at the football game, and he he and I collected growing up. He bought this for me when we were 12 and 10. He saved up his allowance and bought it for me for, of all things, Valentine's Day. I don't know what that's (laughs) about, but you're too young to realize. <laughs> and uh and it's 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 never left my collection sense and never will this is by oh. far my favorite card of all time that's, that's pretty cool that's really cool so, yeah very uh, so yeah, much uh yeah. sentimental. So,
0: to mention and to build off the hga I, I experimented with them before i did psa yeah i would never do that again i don't know if you had the same experience no, i wouldn't either and yeah. we've seen
2: youtube clips they they did a youtube clip where they showed you like uh a, a quick tour of their office uh-huh you don't want to submit cards there. Oh, really? I didn't <laughs> yeah. see that. I'll send it over to you guys. Okay, you guys can look do. at it and comment.
0: Yeah, the resell on those, and not to get too geeky here. I'm having a hell of a time selling what little HGI I experimented with, you know, some Justin Jefferson rookie, some Tua, whatever his name is rookie, and uh yeah. Kobe Bryant rookie. So I'm having a tough time reselling those for anything near what the value is. Yeah. Um so my next question: what is your single best pack hit? Oh. Ripping and roaring. What do you got?
2: Yeah. So uh, there were a couple that came to mind. Um yeah, and, and the two, there's two, I narrowed it down to two. Uh, and, and the first is a I'm a big Detroit Tigers fan, randomly, um, and had hit out of uh Topps uh museum collection a Miguel Cabrera number to five right. patch auto with the navy stripe down the white pant side hmm. uh and they and baseball mlb on these products sometimes will put a little sticker on there and what's so cool it's baseball only is the only, only of the big sports that does it you can go onto their website and type that little serial code in from the sticker and it'll tell you the exact game that hmm. patch is from okay. uh and then you can go on mlb tv and watch the game if you want uh, or so oh, inclined cool. so that was really cool to me to hit my favorite tiger. Uh, and I don't buy a ton, a ton of product. And so that was really kind of a neat experience. Uh, mm-hmm. but more than that, I'm going to hit, probably say, Chad and I were opening a, a number of boxes together. And this was, this is kind of a sore subject with us right now, but, uh, Donovan Mitchell's rookie year, uh, hit an NBA hoops auto at, uh, from him. And what's so cool about his auto is now when you see Donovan Mitchell's autographs, they're just a DM, It's just a quick scratch. Hmm. This card clearly was as he was just starting his deal of signing. He has spelled out his entire name. And so to me, that's unique in that you're not going to see many of those anymore moving forward and then hitting it as a jazz fan. Those have to be the two biggest hits I've, I've ever had. Okay. And not to
0: go off a tangent, but what, what do you feel about the jazz movement here with their I rebuilding? Hate you hate I, it? I hate okay.
2: it. I'm gonna. I, I'm tempted to uh, open up my fanhood to free agency. Uh, the The uniforms are atrocious, and, and let me tell you what it's like to be in Utah. No one want. Everyone thinks Utah is, is miserable. Uh, it's really beautiful. You. It, it's really a lovely place to to live and 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 stay. Um, but I'll tell you, no, none of these NBA players want to come here. So the only way we get players are through drafting. Yeah. And so we've been rebuilding for a decade plus uh, from Malone and Stockton. And we finally get two All-Stars. We're hosting an All-Star game next year or this oh. year. And we have no All-Stars. We just oh, traded them God. away. And, and draft picks are nice, mm-hmm. but we already have two of the real thing. And yep. one of them, Gobert, would have stayed with us. So, oh, as yeah. you can tell, uh, I'm I'm pretty passionate about it. I hate the moves, uh, but we'll see. We'll see what pans from it. Okay.
1: Well, in- do you do you think uh, do you think Jordan pushed off?
2: Oh, absolutely, he did. <laughs> I was there. Nah. I was in the 13th row. Oh, were 100- Uh huh. Right in the corner. That's cool. He 100 pushed off. <laughs> a little just a, the Jordan push. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's a good question, Odell. I like that. Um, last question, and we'll move into our list, our, our three pronged list, which is going to be great, uh, card related. So what attainable outside of like the Tom Brady's and LeBron James player in any sport or non-sport for that matter, would you invest money into cards of theirs as long as like a long-term investment? What players are on your radar?
2: You know, and, and I thought about this question quite a bit and And, and my answer is not all that sexy, frankly, is with my moniker, Mr. eBay. I, it's kind of a tongue in cheek. I'm the, the one that hoards all the cards on the show. Um, but when I'm going to approach, um, collecting for, um, long-term investments, I'm looking at those players that are just outside the goat category, right? So you're looking for quarterbacks, maybe a Josh Allen, uh, I think with Patrick, Josh Allen's quickly becoming unattainable. Patrick yeah. Mahomes probably is already there, but I'm looking just one step down from those players. But I got to say, I also think that you could still go after those goats. And what I mean by that is LeBron and, and Patrick Mahomes, they still have new cards coming out in product. Uh Even hell, even Kobe Bryant or Jordan, uh, not Jordan, I guess with upper decks right. deal, but, yeah. but, for the most part, you can still collect a lot of these players and you know, you've got some of these newer products like revolution. I've hit a, a, a few of these LeBron James that are uh, uh, paralleled and low numbered. Mm-hmm. I still think there's room to hold on to those great cards, mm-hmm. especially if they're serial numbered long-term and still make a profit off of them. So don't, don't get scared away just by the fact that they are a great, a goat mm-hmm. um, find the more affordable ones, find the cheaper ones. Cause down the road, those are going to be more and more in demand. I, I really do believe that. Uh, but for me, you know, I, I'm looking at like the Josh Allen. I'm big on Donovan Mitchell still, uh, mm-hmm. even though he's, he's gone off to another team. Um, those are the types of players I'd look for. We, we, we've, we've done a lot of an ana- analyzation on our, our show. And again, it's not, not scientific. We're no experts. But it does seem that, especially with football, you want to stick to quarterbacks. Not receivers, not running backs, not O-line, definitely not defense, but quarterbacks tend to be uh, what holds value. Um, So that – sorry, that's kind of my non-answer answer. answer. No, no, that's good. (laughs) That's good. I've I've often
1: wondered when the tide turns with with the collecting piece because, like you said, if you go out and you look look at some of these rookie cards of some of the, the defensive players, yeah, they're ten percent, fifteen percent of what the quarterbacks and the offense are. So loading up on them seems like a, a good long term investment. With you know somebody like a uh, uh, a or yeah. uh, even Aaron oh. by Deion Sanders, Aaron Donald's another one.
2: Yeah, and and to your point, Odell, uh, I've thought recently uh, along baseball that you may want to go try and get cuz baseball tends to be pretty affordable if you could get players that uh have re- game used relics or autos from that 04 uh Red Sox team, Yankees hmm. team, i think that mm-hmm. you know a generation from now that is going to be the legendary story that everyone's like if you can get a, a hmm. game worn patch from 04 Boston right. uh, i think that that really could be something to show off down the road and make some money maybe Hmm. interesting good idea well uh
0: that's some good tips for our folks that not necessarily are in the card game but it's it's kind of a fun thing Uh, i've gotten back into it over the past few years and it's kind of fun to try to find cheap deals on ebay or even on facebook marketplace and kind of flip them so
2: yeah absolutely
0: so speaking of cards we're going to do our list for this week with our guest mr ebay we're going to do our top five favorite sports cards of all time not necessarily in value. You don't necessarily have to have owned it in the past or currently just ones you enjoyed. And I've made a purpose of excluding the 86 Fleer Michael George rookie card. It's just Why? unattainable financially. So <laughs> somebody fakes out there as well. So can,
2: can I give you, can I give one quick plug for our, uh, our show Pat to the future? If please. You, if you go listen to our old shows from back in October, we do uh, something called hobby packs where we do off week um, shortened episodes. And for the month of October in 2021, I produced four called Tales from Tim's Crypt. As you can tell, it's a playoff Tales from the Crypt. Right. And this talks about our friend Tim has owned multiple Jordan rookie cards and had to sell them. And these will tell his gambling stories. You will not believe your mind. Uh, they're almost not wow. card related. We tried to they're overproduced. But I'm telling you, go check them out because I think it, they would go w- well with your audience. They would love the content of those episodes.
0: Do you recall what approximately the episode numbers were?
2: Mm, I don't yeah. know, but I'll get them to you and you can, yeah, can uh, throw them up on, on Twitter. Sure. You know, it, so, it's right, funny October you bring of up last year. Yeah, October of last year.
0: Cool. Well, uh, Mr. <laughs> eBay, why don't you give us your fifth favorite sports card of all time?
2: Sure. Sure. So my fifth and, and, and after this, I, I did a lot of hedging with uh, Jeff when he ha- gave me this topic and I said, do I have to own them? And he said, no, you don't have to own them. And so I then promptly picked five cards. I own. So, so <laughs> as you can tell, sentimental is big for me. Sure. My number five card is the 2021 absolute football, Barry Sanders. Kaboom. Oh, this goodness. was a card. I've always liked the artist renderings versions of cards and this was just so in demand. We've had the uh, Kaboom artist on our show. We did a whole Kaboom show at one point. And uh, I said, I finally have to just get one. So I finally splurged and, and picked up the Kaboom. And uh, I just can't stop putting picking this card up, frankly.
0: Yeah, those Kaboom and card. downtowns are sharp looking. I love his yeah. artwork. Um, and what is that a nine
2: that is a PSA nine I submitted got a nine I'll take it Uh, it's not a 10 but it's not a a six like Tim submits oh poor Timmy uh Mr. Osho what's your number five
1: you know Jeff I I never can follow by the rules so for number five I've got two I've got 1980 tops baseball Ricky Henderson and 1985 tops Dwight Gooden okay I've owned every card on my list that I I have owned and there's a story behind them. And those are two of my, my favorite baseball cards.
0: Do you remember if you obtained those in some sort of wagering as a kid or did you rip them or what, how'd you find those? Uh, Both of
1: those were, both of those were through gambling (laughs)
0: I had a feeling that's why I brought that up because if I'm not mistaken, in our conversations, you used to gamble quite a bit with baseball cards as currencies, oh, yeah. which is a good oh, idea. Yeah. And I don't know why I never thought of that or never participated. So
1: oh poker, basketball, anything that, any of our friends that had cards, we would throw them down and gamble. I was really I was a yeah. degenerate at about eight already. So oh my
0: god. <laughs> um for my number five I'm going to start really basic I don't have an example of it but I'm sure we're gonna have to put some examples up on the uh Twitter feed uh just a basic 1990 score I believe it's the baseball Bo Jackson he's holding the baseball bat over his shoulders with the football pads on just yeah. a classic horizontal card really sharp looking man it reminds me of being a kid even though uh, I'm gonna have more baseball than basketball and football I'm not a baseball fan but um, that was just a cool card. Not sure if y'all recall that one, but oh, yeah. I it's on
1: my card. list.
2: Yep. Yeah, I'll, I'll, yeah, absolutely.
0: <laughs> All right, Mister eBay, what you got for number four?
2: So number four is this is after Chad got me back into collecting 2016 Goodwin Champions. Okay, it's a real odd product, mm-hmm. uh, but it is the museum collection. This is World War II heroes, an wow. autograph of Sergeant Tom Rice, and what they did is they found military members in world war ii and made cards about him, and then on the back it talks about how this sergeant rice had tried to jump out of the plane on d-day and his parachute got stuck wow. uh, and how he had to untangle it and then kind of get out down to the ground so in my mind i thought you know we collect cards i always like to think about why we do the things we do mm-hmm. and why cards are important what do autographs signify and in my thought mind it's if if there's a hero that you should collect, isn't it a world war vet? Yeah. Uh, So I thought it was different, unique. And Chad has one as well. So we kind of keep them together and uh, have that bond.
0: That's cool. Yeah. That's a, that's outside the box for sure. So I'm sure we won't have any of that. We're selfish and we (laughs) bought sports only, but Oh, show on that note, what do you have for
1: four? Number four, 1982 tops basketball, Larry bird. Oh, uh, yeah, he's he standing is. there in his green uh, warm-up suit. And that was one of the one of the first pack hits I ever had. Okay, um, as a kid. My my grandpa bought me some some basketball cards, and I knew three players. I knew Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, and Sidney Moncrie from the Bucks because he was an Arkansas <laughs> Razorback. That's right, and I, I pulled out Larry Bird, and I might have had a stack of about sixty cards, and I had rubber bands around those things for ten years, and would <laughs> unrubber band them. So by the time I realized that they were worth money, they weren't worth a nickel, and you know, over the time they they got tossed. But Larry Bird, right. eighty-two tops. Like
0: I that. picture it very well. I've always yeah. wanted to have that one as part of my bird collection. Good call. Uh, for my number four, I'm going to go eighty-nine Pro Set Barry Sanders. In his college uniform, I've always liked that for some reason. The pro set is not a very flashy, it was the first year I believe pro set had football, right? Um, but I always remember seeing that card in our local card store, the upper deck. I'm sure Odell remembers that the bright Um,
2: orange fit nicely with those Oklahoma State colors.
0: That's a good point, yes. A very, it it did match. I don't think about it. Good call, yeah. So, um, you know, I was finally able to obtain one through uh, this trading card. I'm on trading card database, TCDB. I'm very Mm -hmm. active in that. So I love it. So um, yeah, I finally got one a few months ago. So uh, that is my number four.
2: You know, we've talked a lot about aftermarket autos, getting cards that you like, and then finding private signings. And there's all these different colored paint pens you can do. And I thought like, if you found the right Oklahoma State orange on that card, or a little nice black that popped,
0: that would be nice. Yeah. Yeah.
2: All right. My number three is uh, this is a card I bought off of eBay, kind of an error card. Uh, and I, I've heard there are multiple others, but I just haven't seen any. And this is a player that I always had a soft spot for growing up. It's a 2018 Panini Noir David Robinson. Hmm. Spotlight signature, and I apologize for my glare. No, you good. can see he uh, autographs that in gold. I don't know why I was always a David Robinson fan as a kid. Never just, he, I always liked him. He's a good role
0: model. Yeah. 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 Model. yeah. yeah.
2: And uh, what's cool about this card on the back, he signed it again. Wow. He, he didn't, must not cool. have realized. <laughs> so it's a, a dual signature. <laughs> yeah. uh, and I just thought, hey, that is so one of a kind. I, I it's, it's really true. a favorite of mine. And what grade was that on that? That is a PSA nine. Okay. So for nice. these thick Noir cards, that is, uh, I'll take a nine all day.
0: <laughs> so numbered and do- dual signed.
2: Yeah. That's pretty yeah. cool. That's, That's different. Nice.
0: Yeah. Uh, Mr. Osho, what's your number three?
1: 1988 Fleer basketball, the entire set. And there's a reason. It's not that the cards are pretty, it's not that um, there's any one card. There's a lot of rookies in Stockton and Malone and Rodman. But where we lived in Florida, we could not find basketball cards. And nice. I was a basketball player. I always wanted to find basketball cards. So one summer, I was spending the summer with my, my grandparents um, in Arkansas. And we made a trip to Memphis to this huge flea market. And I probably had $20 to my name. And I ran across a booth that had packs of 88 Fleer basketball for mm. a quarter.
0: Oh, my God.
1: And I bought everything that they had. I bought every pack, and I could not wait to get them home. Now, granted, back then we didn't have these nice cases to put them in. We had put them in the the white long box that, that uh-huh. holds 500 cards. They they stayed in there, and as I got older, I sold them to pay for whatever needed to be paid for, and they they were a good profit good good profit so that that's one of my favorite sentimental sets and sa- favorite cards that I, I like and I've started going back and buying the stocktons and the rodmans and the, okay. the stars out of that set over the last 6 months or so Reggiella. i'm a huge fan of that set too yeah.
2: it is a beautiful i mean it's not beautiful but in its own way it takes you back to it's a memorable. Time. Yeah. yeah yeah that little yeah.
0: basic little weird little and, and if you recall the scottie pippin is spelled p i p p i n if mm-hmm. it is not the heat in, so yeah it's, it's kind of yeah. interesting to remember that yeah so good call on that odell we'll we'll take your answer as a set for your uh, third choice um your co-host third choice i'm gonna go back to baseball uh i'm not a baseball fan but again this is back in the late 80s early 90s 1991 upper deck mr michael jordan baseball rookie chicago white Sox. y'all recall that one when he had yeah. his little cup of coffee in the the miners. Yep. So, um, that I actually obtained that through a, a purchase on eBay. Um, didn't get a chance to flip it and get it graded, but, uh, I sold it for a little bit of profit. So I just wanted to own it for a part, part amount of time. So, um, I had a chance to hold it. So that's my number three, which got for number two, Mr. eBay.
2: That is a classic and still on my bucket list. So good, good okay. choice there. Okay. Number two, this is pure sentimental. You guys are going to look at me like I'm crazy. So I'm going to just tell you the card first, then I'll tell you why. 1991 Upper Deck Dikembe Mutombo Rookie Card. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I love that.
1: Hell Here's yeah.
2: why this card is so important. This is a PSA 8. This is a card I recently, you know, last couple of years pulled and just submitted. This is the first card when I got into collecting. This is the first chase card. It was Dikembe and Larry Johnson. If you yes. recall, yep. and I remember hitting this for the first time. I can re- tell you the name of the restaurant I was at with my mom. I don't know why she was letting us open cards at a restaurant, but <laughs> to keep uh, you quiet, probably exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and it didn't work because we freaked out. My my, we we flipped the fuck out. My brother and I when we we got this card, and so this I could I could probably draw that card by hand That's from memory. Uh, I That's remember great. It. So
0: it just shows the, the, the Denver skyline with how tall he is in the buildings. It's just kind of, yeah, it's, it's cool. I think I agreed. Mr. Osho, which got next,
1: you know, you, you talked about Bo Jackson earlier and I had two Bo Jackson's on in my mind, but since you, you picked the good one, I'm going to go with the other iconic, the 1987 Fleer baseball, Bo Jackson. It, it's okay. just a, to me, it's just an iconic card. It's, it's, you know, you've got that the eighty-seven Donruss rated rookie, and you've got the Fleer, but the Fleer was so much harder to get because the mm-hmm. packs of Fleer were so much more expensive. They were harder to find in the local shops. And, and Bo Jackson, the the eighty-seven Donruss, you could see them on the back a lot, mm-hmm. so you could go, you could pack hunt and find them on the back. But the Fleer one was just, to me was just just an iconic picture and a really hard card to find and hmm. on my list. I think yeah. that's a great one. Mr.
0: Bo Jackson's always popular in the late eighties and um,
1: Odell has just caused me to change my
2: number one pick just so you guys are aware with that. Okay.
0: Well <laughs> shifting. Uh, what are we on? We're
2: on two, right? Yeah. Yeah. You finish this up.
0: Okay. Rounding two. I'm going to go back with another iconic late eighties. And I think the first year upper deck had the baseball, uh, Mr. King Griffey Jr. Rookie card. I yeah. mean, that was the card when I was younger, even not again, not a baseball fan, 12, 13 years old, everyone was trying to wheel and deal and get that thing. And uh, yep. it's unfortunate. I don't think the value is there still, but you know, he had a great career. And uh, I think it was uh, brought back. I mean, he had a lot of injuries toward the end, but um, yeah, I think that's a great looking card. Just a great smile, man. And just oh, a God. cool looking upper deck card for that first year.
1: It is a must. That's one of those sets that. That was the only good card in the whole set. I think there was yeah. series one and series two. There was like yeah. seven thousand cards in both of them, and that was <laughs> the only one. It reminds yeah. me of that leaf set. I think it was ninety three leaf. Yes, I think it was ninety three. That they were silver, and everybody wanted um, the big hurt Frank Thomas, mm-hmm. and that was the looking back. That's the only good card that set too. So yeah, and card.
2: ironically, I think Upper Deck knew that that Griffey was the only good card because mm-hmm. they got in trouble for producing it for like two years after the rookie season ended. Wow. So yeah, be careful when you buy those cards, because sometimes they can, hmm. uh, they can be uh, not, not genuine, but. Okay. Uh, uh which got for number one. Okay. So number one, we talked about earlier. I'm going to split it two ways. Uh, of course my Barry Sanders rookie card, uh, is probably my one seed sentimental wise, but here's the number one that we haven't talked about. And hopefully I don't still either of your thunder Billy Ripken. Anyone?
1: Oh my God. Yes. I thought about that. I thought
2: about it. Ironically, I believe I've just, I saw some piece of information. I'll have to research this a little bit more, but check it out. Uh, I believe they are putting that bat knob into a card this year. The original fuck face bat knob as a (laughs) relic on a Billy Ripkin
1: card. Dude, that would be awesome. That would be great. I would chase that. Man, I would chase that. And I had I'm one as a kid.
0: Wasn't there a, but a like a series of those, how they covered it up?
1: Yeah. Like, mm-hmm.
0: I saw yeah. like so recently a few, in the last few I, months in a card a, store.
2: A few got out and then they started censoring them with a little right. black box over it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I still am trying to find my own, my first one. I need that is on a bucket list. If you were a hobby collector, you must own that card at some point.
1: They're nice. expensive. Even now yeah. I, I looked, I looked yesterday are, as I was putting this list together and they made the the square box after that and then they made like a long line box so yeah so there's a couple of different variations of the blackout and then I think there's one where they scribbled it out too so that's right wow, yeah. that is right and the psa slabs will
2: label them differently Scri- hmm. scribble out black box uh, it's just error card so yeah kind of a fun card yeah yeah all right osho sure. which
0: for number
1: 1 all right none of nobody in the history of of baseball cards we'll we'll get this. It's a 1982 Tops Pasquale Perez era card. So it was <laughs> what it the was fuck it is that So <laughs> when I first started collecting baseball cards, my grandfather again bought me a stack of 82 Tops and I just being a kid, I opened them up and put them in a box and I moved to uh in 83, I guess I moved my parents moved me to Georgia and there was a kid down the street and he shamwiled me out of my Wade Boggs rookie. I had no clue who oh. Wade Boggs was at the time. And I'll, I'll <laughs> never forget it. I'll, if I ever shamwiled. see the guy again, I'm, he's, he's going down <laughs> for my, my $7 Wade Boggs. I want it back. Um, but he always wanted this Pasquale Perez card. He always, you want to trade for that. You want to trade for this. And no, I, there's something it, it just in my head. I said, no, I'm not getting rid of this card. Well, wasn't very much longer after that that Beckett came out and I bought a Beckett, and I was looking through my cards, and this Pasquale Press era card was worth like $110. I'm like, okay, well, what is the era? So then I had to sit down and figure out by myself, because the book didn't tell you what the era is, and it's that there's no position pitcher on the front of the card. Hmm. I'm, so, I'm looking
2: it up right now, and I, I can't see what the – I couldn't tell. So I, that's yeah. interesting.
1: So I held that card, and that card was gambling bait until I was in high school. <laughs> um, we would gamble, and everybody wanted that card. said, listen, this is, this is the era card. And they'd look it up. Oh, that's a hundred, you know that's hundred bucks. We'll throw so in this and that, and I've won so many cards off that one card. Eventually, I lost it, and I was like, you know what? I, I lost Pasquel. <laughs> you know, even through the Braves years, because it was a he was a pirate at the time. Even through the Braves years, we I held on to it. And it's just one of those cards that I, every time that I, I start flipping through cards or, or get on eBay, I'm like, oh, I want to see how much if I can get me a Pasquale Perez back. And that, that would be my, my favorite card ever. I might have to see
0: what I can do about that. I can come up with some very uh, ingenious uh, ways to get cards on this trading card database. So I'm going to see what I can do for my co host. Yeah. Um, my last one is not really a popular one, just I need, I want one for the, the office in here. And that's just any Barry Sanders downtown card. I don't have the money to be able to rip till I get one and they're very expensive on eBay, but I just love the artwork at any downtown car for that matter. Just the the intricacies they put in there, like the Motown vibe and just uh just the obviously a production of auto, you know, cars. It's just a cool looking car. They have two different ones, I believe. Don was 18 and 20, 21, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So I had my mind set on one of those so recently, and I, I just realized that downtown had these types of cards when I got back into the game here. So that's one that I'd love to have. So any of our listeners, hit me up. I'd love well, to treat.
2: You're gonna want to check out this week's show of ours because okay. we are getting we did a group PSA submission sub. We're getting the results tonight. And uh, my card happens to be a Barry Sanders downtown, the oh. clearly authentic really so So it's it's an acetate and it's clear behind uh it has all the artwork but instead of the silver kind of backdrop it's just clear
1: now is that more expensive than the gold or no
2: no i i it's about on par with just your standard uh but it just for me i've always been a fan of acetate for some reason i don't know why they always make cards worse But they are cool when they're clear like that. So yeah, so we're going to find out how how good or bad of a grade I got along with some others tonight.
0: Okay. Looking forward to it. So uh, before we let you go, and again, we appreciate you coming on, dropping some knowledge, some cool stories. That that war card is phenomenal. That's awesome. Thank you. And um, we just want you to plug your podcast and where people can find you on social media.
2: Yeah, they can find us on pttfpodcast.com. Uh, uh, they can find us on Instagram at pack to the future podcast. Uh, give us a follow and and reach out to us. We're as Jeff has experienced, we're a very interactive show. We love very. chatting with, uh, the listeners and, and get to know everyone a bit more. And, and we do all sorts of different things. We do fantasy football leagues. We run uh, a secret Santa card uh, exchange in mm. the, in the winter. That's uh, good. we, we do all sorts of events and, and activities. So, so give us a follow, reach out, say hi. And, and we'd love to have you aboard.
0: And if you're looking for a pretty good comedy, they're entertaining, man. They they gave my son Hunter a shout out and uh, had some funny things dad-wise to say afterwards. So uh, I appreciate y'all doing that. But thank you, man, for your time. And it was good to meet you finally. And uh, I, I hopefully will keep in touch and we'll uh, join each other's podcast once again. So thank you again, man.
2: Absolutely. Thank, thank you, you very for having me on. All right, brother. Anytime. So... Let's
0: change gears. That was a very in-depth look at cards. We know a lot of you are snoozing out there, but we appreciate you hanging with us. Um, we're going to jump to some fantasy football. God forbid we talk about something that's football related. Osho, how'd you do yes. this week? Can you please tell me how you did? Uh,
1: fantasy football. I'm a winner. You know, I'm a, I'm a winner. I uh, had some some downfalls. But at the end of the day, I won. I, I, I was afforded the opportunity to pick up Mr. Bryce Young mm. from Alabama, and he just ran me to a victory. How about you know, yourself, sir?
0: I, I was victorious. and I'm, uh, I am going to brag that I was the high point score by two points this week at a 242. So boom boom. Um, you know, I, I do kind of regret, even though Caleb Williams panned out pretty well in game one for USC. You know, me taking the number one overall pick, I do have a little bit of regret seeing Bryce Young scamper all over the place. He's going to have a great year, man. And I don't necessarily, I don't regret not picking, um, oh, who's the other quarterback? I'm, I'm losing my train of thought here. The second quarterback. Um, I can't think of him. But you know, Bryce Young. at the end of the season, I may regret that after it's all said and done, so we'll see. Though I can't give you credit yet, but yeah, we both end up two 0 zero. Excuse me, one uh, zero. Uh, Tanner Mordecai threw up thirty-seven points for me. The SMU offense is clicking. Yes, um, he did. I have Mohamed Auber, Abra- yeah. Ibrahim, Easy for me to say. He was clicking two touchdowns. Um, who else was productive on your squad? Didn't get a chance. You to know
1: him. what? A funny story is that I realized that there was a running back out there that I wanted. So I dropped DJ ooglia and I said, you know what? I've got enough quarterbacks. I need a running back. I need Ulysses Bentley out of Mississippi, Ole Miss. And you folks let me go back on Monday when the game started and pick up ooglia again. (laughs) He's back on the roster, and I'm really happy with that. You know, I, I got Cam rising Uh, he's going to have a really good year. I've got Charbonnet. I've got Shipley. I mean, it's just a who's who of college football right now. Um, Frank Gore jr. I picked him up off the waiver wire. Um, he's going to put, he's just going to do me some good stuff. So I'm really excited about my team and really excited about winning. We took down, um, we took down PE and, uh, Uh we're going to move on to the next victim this week.
0: Okay, well, look out for week five. That's when me and you tussle. And yep. I did notice, of course, we talked about this. Charlie Brewer, the uh, transfer from Baylor to Liberty, is out for pretty good amount of time. He, Of course, you drafted him maybe mid-round, right?
1: Yep. Yeah, he uh, he's out for eight weeks. And uh, Liberty, when we start talking about our picks, uh, Liberty, yeah. they, they were on their third-string quarterback by, by Q3. So, uh, luckily, their third-string guys – Bang up i mean he he led them to a drive there at the end and uh it looks to be a a really good solid player
0: okay well you you're more than welcome to pick him up if you want to i mean you got cam rising on the bench you know ulysses s bentley or whatever the hell his name is bentley didn't do too much in that first game
1: i mean one one touchdown
0: but five yards rushing i just noticed that so let's not get too nerdy uh we're going into week two so um this week but, I, but, I, but, I, but I, before we move on to wagers.
1: What was your takeaway from week one? Give me give me your good and bad takeaways from week one.
0: Week one. Um I'm gonna start with bad. I like to save the good for last. You know Iowa's offense is putrid. I mean I know I had that wager where their defense is gonna outscore their offense, you know, uh three games. They've already done it the first game. Uh Iowa D four yeah points Iowa O zero. So the Iowa offense is just absolutely atrocious. So that is one negative takeaway. Um, one other negative, that the UMass football program, I'm not even sure how they got to FBS level. They had two quarterbacks play. They went a combined four for 11, 17 total passing yards, three interceptions, and a 42-10 loss to Tulane. So those two things kind of stuck out at me as far as negative. What about you?
1: My, my negative – LSU special teams, Jesus mm. Christ, they threw that game. Um, two fumbled punts. The kicking game is atrocious. I mean, how do you miss a damn extra point versus that FSU? Now, I, now, granted, I was kind of happy yeah. because I had uh, LSU plus three. You I did. was good with that. Yep. Um, I did have a couple parlays, though, in, in real time that I had LSU minus three. But, you know what, I, I'll, I'll take the win. But, but Jesus, what did – mr Kelly do he went from Notre Dame to fifth rate lSU if they keep playing like that all year long they won't sniff a bowl so sniff a bowl, I'm kind of happy about oops. that but yeah he's an ass i can't stand and then, and then you, bitch, you man. take God. that and their their best wide receiver Boutte, is he's already shit the bed and said i'm out of here this so i don't I've heard that he's hitting the portal. I haven't seen it officially yet myself. It could have happened, and I just hadn't paid attention. But looks like he's oh. out
0: too. Going up to Lexington, they could probably use a wide receiver for Mr. Levis. So, um, how about some positive uh, or anything negative besides LSU? That's a that's no, a big we'll, enough one. Is we'll it? just
1: leave it at that. College okay. football was just positive enough.
0: Yeah, there were some great performances. You know, the the one that kind of stuck out at me is this. James Madison, I think this is their first year in FBS. Their quarterback threw for 287 yards, six touchdowns, another 110 on the ground, and I had to pick him up to see what he's all about. I think they're going to play some fairly uh, inexperienced teams this first few years. So um, that's one guy that caught my eye. And again, Bryce Young, 18 for 28, 195 through the air, five touchdowns, another five carries for 100 yards on the ground, and a rushing t- So he counted for six touchdowns. That's a bad boy.
2: Yes.
1: That's
0: that's got high. He's got the first letter in Heisman already cinched up. H, go ahead and put on his jacket.
1: He, so he might be, uh, he might be behind my guy. I'm going with AR 15, Mr. Richardson <laughs> down in UF. Oh, the this Florida cat, fans are happy. Oh, th- this cat, I, he is the second coming of Cam Newton. I really think oh. that. I mean, granted. I don't know how much he's got, how many receivers he's got that he can actually throw to. I mean, he 17 of 24, 168 yards, but the cat ran eleven times for 106 yards and three TDs. That is one that is that's somebody that you gotta prepare for and you gotta put an extra guy in the box. You gotta waste one of those one of those linebackers on him. Yeah. And that's gonna be trouble for some teams. So I, I'm really happy with his performance. Uh, very surprised. Mm-hmm. You know, very rarely do I watch a football game and say that shit is shocking he shocked me I mean if you would have told me UF was going to win that game I told you you're nuts Um, and somehow he pulled it out so I'm I'm hoping for some good things for Florida because when when they win there's a lot of money to be had
0: yeah zero picks which is very important Uh, I think a quarterback traditionally that runs the ball is susceptible to throwing some picks at last moment so that's pretty impressive and the the zero picks to three rushing touchdowns ratio is insane. So I agree with you, man. Unfortunately, tip of the cap to Mr. AR fifteen. We'll see if he can keep it going through uh, the rest of the season. Uh, Mr. Monopoly and I were talking about AR and and who he reminded us as a running quarterback. What would you, who would you re- assimilate him to if you had to pick one? Just maybe like late eighties, uh, early nineties.
1: Uh, the only two that I could think of would would either be Vince Young or cam newton
0: okay yeah you're two. pretty good on with the cam we were kind of thinking randall cunningham a little bit but uh, okay. uh, maybe, maybe okay. not as tall as he was but i don't know man it, it was impressive it was uh he had a nasty rollout play that for what 40 yard touchdown all by himself man it, mm-hmm. towards the end of the first half so all right so that's a couple of positive and negatives uh takeaways we found from fantasy and just college football week one related it was finally good to have it back man it was like a uh, something missing in our lives for this last few months so, oh certainly certainly um so let's move on um who you got our famous laser oh segment oh my gosh. so I, let's I, go ahead Do you have uh, oh
1: this feels so good i mean it, it just it? it just feels good you know some some things are all right um some some things just you're you about just to happen. climax
0: all right um yeah. so as a reminder each of us before the season started has been allotted a thousand dollar fake bankroll now during the season we will place wagers on certain games um, certain criteria so we've chosen to wager on a money line underdog this one spread pick one parlay one teaser and one thing we're doing differently is of course this week one of NFL coming up in fact starting tonight uh, we're doing an NFL money line underdog only so it's kind of making it challenging we'll see how long it lasts so again the uh, terms is the one who has the largest balance at the end of the season takes the other one's $20 bill, if not more. And, of course, side bet Saturday to come. So yes. let's recap what was week one. Mr. Osho, what you got? Please.
1: Mr. Osho started off with 1000 bucks. He said, America, put down at least 220 on Duke minus 7. Check the box. Check it. I said, you know what? Penn State money line. Put 440 down to win 300 Check the box. Our, our prayers from lack of a hard come through for us. I said, America, put 110 to win 198 on Arkansas to win. Notre Dame to cover the 23 and LSU to cover, to yeah, to give three on FSU. Check the box. We said, America, I like PSU minus three. Check that box. Liberty, three quarterbacks in mm. and four overtimes, only one by two. Couldn't check that box. We started off with with 1,000, ended up at 1588. What say you, sir?
0: Damn. It would have taken you in past years about a half a season to to get to that amount, but you came out slinging. So I got to attack a different way. I was not so lucky. I went one for four in week one. So let's start off with Utah. Very disappointing into the game. They were minus two and a half. I took it. 20 to win 1739. Lost 20. The next one, the mighty Purdue Boilermakers. They had it, Odell. They had I your nitty lines up against the wall. Pants down. Penn State came alive. They won. I lost $25. The next parlay is LSU, minus three. Ohio State, minus 18. Only $15. So we didn't win that one. And finally, we did one one. The mighty Arkansas Razorbacks teased them down to a pick pit at home, minus one. We forged $19.05 out of a $20 wager. So, all that said and done, week one, not very positive, $9.59.05. So, we lost about $40. Bucks. Mm-hmm. So,
1: mm-hmm.
0: where do we stand? What do you got this week? Show me the money.
1: Here we go. So, we're going to put $110 to win 100 on USC, minus eight and a half. They're going to curb stomp Stanford. Uh, USC's going to have a hell of a team, and Stanford is not. That's an easy $100 right there. Okay. We're going to go on money line. We're going to go 25 to win 50 on Liberty. Don't know why? Just feeling it. You got a hunch? Got Third a hunch. Quarterback. Third quarterback. He looked hot. He, he just right. needed, he needed to get warmed up, needed to percolate a little bit. We're going to ride leg. with liberty. Got it. We're, we're going to put 110 on a on a parlay. 110 to win. 115. We move this around a little bit. We're going Alabama to win. USC minus 8.5. 110 gets you 115. We're going to take it all day long. We're going to do a teaser. 110 to win 363 on a teaser. We're going Arkansas minus 7. UF minus 3. USC minus three. Easy win. That is the easiest money you're going to make all weekend. And then for our NFL money line, we're going Minnesota, taking down Green Bay. 55 wins you 58. Um, I don't think Green Bay has, they don't have any any wide receivers to throw to. They're throwing yeah. to the Jags leftovers, which is scary. So <laughs> who, who is the Jag leftover there? Uh, Lazard.
0: Oh, Commandant Lazard?
1: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Lazard. I mean, if you if you, you go back through the picks, real high on Arkansas. They played. Good, they looked good last week. They did. UF is going to put a curb stomping on South Carolina. We already talked about USC. Alabama, they're going to win. Uh, Alabama hadn't lost in like 13 seasons. And, again, uh, we talked about USC. So, really comfortable with my picks. I'm putting you in a hole. You're looking up. You're going to have to do something out of the box. What you got?
0: All right, we're going to go with the mighty Alabama Crimson Tide. They look good week one. They're going into hostile territory in Texas uh, yeah. for Texas to see a little bit of what's to come in the SEC. Favored by 20.5. I don't need that hook. They're going to win by 21 or more. Let's bet 165 to win 150. That's my spread. Picture. I like it. All right, let's move over to the middies. The midshipmen of Army, they're a plus 125 home dog against the UTSA Roadrunners I like the money line Army $48 to win $60 bucks. Let's go down to a pick'em Now I went out on a limb and I'm taking pretty heavy favorites and I'm parlaying this all together hmm. So I've got eight teams not with spreads straight up pick'em parlay Auburn Notre Dame Penn State Texas A&M Oklahoma State Alabama, Wisconsin, and Syracuse. Don't know why. We're going to bet 183 to win 165. So we're going to piece that little parlay together. Now the big one, knock on wood, is my teaser here. The Wake Forest Demon Deacons. They are going to have a good year. I think they're going to compete for the ACC title. I'm going to tease them down. They're playing at Vanderbilt, which is a weird matchup because Vanderbilt all of yep. a sudden is 2-0. and I don't know where the hell this came from. Although they played Hawaii and Buttfuck state, so I'm gonna tease week first.
1: Back. What's that? Hartman, their quarterback's back. He was oh, hurt,
0: Sam Hartman. Yeah, yeah. Hartman's, Hartman's true. back,
1: so that's good. Yeah. So
0: that, that's 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 yeah. I think that actually the spread changed throughout the week, and I think that's maybe due to it is because they announced he was going to play. Um, so I'm teasing them down to minus seven. I'm going to tease Army to plus nine. I like them at home. It's going to be I think a field goal game, if anything. Uh, the Iowa, Iowa State under, I'm going to tease that down to 46 and a half. I like a low scoring game there. They scored 44, I want to say, last year. The Pitt-Tennessee game, if you love offense and no defense, tune into that game. I want to say it's noon. They're going to be slinging that son bitch every which way. Yeah. We'll tease it down to over 59. So that group right there, I'm parlaying six-point teasers, 100 to win 300. Finally, Tonight, I don't know where we stand in this game. I like the Super Bowl champions to defend their championship at home against a great Buffalo team. L.A. Rams is my money line underdog, plus 115. We're betting 40 to win 46. That's where we stand. Now, what do you say to side bet Saturday?
1: I'll take Buffalo. I think as soon as we jumped on the the. The line today, I said I'll take Buffalo. Buffalo minus two and a half is an easy win. Okay.
0: Um, but
1: you can probably don't ahead. want to do that because it's already seven to nothing. Um, oh, yeah, we
0: can't do a game in progress. That's so, my way out of this. Go ahead.
1: So, I don't see uh, – We can find out quickly. Davis, I think. Gabriel? Yeah, think I think could. so. And now okay. uh, Buffalo's driving, so it's going to be oh, nasty. Geez. We're not betting that shit. Um, I don't see anything here that – I mean, I really like your parlay. Hmm. Your one, two, three, four, five, eight. six, seven, eighteen parlay. But every one of those teams are favored by more than twenty points. Um, if you had Michigan in there, I, I might take that because um, know- somebody's going to somebody's going to screw up and lose. Yeah, um, but I,
0: I'm, nobody's. I'm forecasting Syracuse, but go ahead.
1: Yeah, they're. I think they were a twenty-three and a half point favorite over somebody because I was looking at that like. It's Syracuse, but... UMass or yeah. somebody. Some, it was sorry, somebody I was crazy. Saying. So, no, I, I don't see anything. How about you? Do you see anything? I like it. Obviously, I like Alabama. I don't know about...
0: You know what I will do? Even though I have a gambling interest in fantasy with USC and I want them to do well, I think Stanford normally plays them well in Palo Alto. I think... I would offer five dollars to have that eight and a eight and a half point spread if I take Stanford. If you want to do that,
1: five. Lock points. it up. Lock it up. All right.
0: All right. We'll put that to the side. Stanford plus eight. Cox. USC minus. Excuse me. Eight and a half uh, counts that hook. Uh, five dollars for Odell. Um, you know, I, I agree with you on Minnesota on the NFL side. I don't think Green Bay is going to have what it takes. Um, is this? Is that? I forgot to look at the schedule. Is that at Green Bay? Doesn't matter. Um, yeah, I think we're on the same page with well, like our picks. So, you know, and this is part of the show where we want it to come organically. We don't want to say yeah. stage it and force it. So, if there's nothing else,
1: the no, we're it's a long season. It's a long right. season.
0: And of course, we have our year long wagers. If there's anything else you think year long that we want to throw it into, if you want to say that, after week one, you think Bryce Young is not going to win, not going to lose the Heisman? I might entertain that. You never know.
1: No, no, I I took okay. uh, the field with no quarterback this year, and I I, I oh, think that's right. Uh,
0: yeah, you can't go I'm against that.
1: that. Um, I forgot
0: about that all. Okay, I,
1: your Iowa pick looks really good with their with their yeah. uh, one down, two to go. So I, I like I like that. Um. So I, I'm going to hold steady for now. I'm going okay. gonna, gonna to hold serve, keep my all money right. in my pocket. Till I'm well, ready to spend it. Post our
0: wagers as we always do on Twitter. Again, please follow us at giving the points. Um, now let's go ahead. If we have no more gambling speak, uh, let's go ahead and move it. Let me mention one thing before we move on to our fucktard. There's a couple of things that I want to mention. First of all, outside of this show's contest, did you have any wagering success?
1: yes, yes, I mirrored my my wagers up with with the show um in a, okay. in a lot of different ways um i did play some buck to fox here and there and mm-hmm. liberty liberty caught me um quite frankly lSU caught me on a couple but i hit some some good teasers i hit uh a couple of good parlays i did have a a bet it was it was twenty two dollars. It was Florida to win, Penn State to cover, Hmm. and LSU to cover. And that would have paid 22 would have paid 168. uh, And LSU jacked it up. Hmm. So, uh, you know, other than that, you know, how about you? How'd how'd you do?
0: I I didn't fare well at all. I didn't mirror any of my picks, thank God. Uh, But still, it didn't help. I hit one four way. player prop at 11 to one. So that's pretty good. A couple of quarterbacks throwing for a yep. certain amount of yards. So um, that was fun hitting that. And um, one thing I did notice and mention in Michigan, and then we'll move on to our fucktard and wrap this thing up. The, uh, the spread is I think 52 Michigan poor Hawaii has no mm-hmm. chance at even mm-hmm. covering anything. I, I think Michigan might even put up an 80 burger. Hawaii has been outscored in two games, one twelve to 27 and two home losses and one to Vandy. So it might be a bloodbath. And I think Michigan's offense is pretty nasty this year. So I I hate to give it to them, but that might be a disgusting uh, matchup there. So Mm -hmm. let's move on to our fucktard. We've got something in common. We have, uh, you brought it up and I amended it to death. So who do you have for your fucktard this week?
1: You know, we we have some leeway here this week. You know, Penn State won last week. Right now, we're staring down the barrel of a 26-point favorite to at home to the Ohio Bobcats. So, I got a little wiggle room this week, not to disturb the gods. So, the hard this week is difficult. It could have been LSU. could have been Prince William. You know, here, he's been a jack-off for the last six months. Now, his grandmother dies, and he's not even nowhere near the throne. Um, you know, it could be you, Cox, for your awful picks and costing our listeners money. Oh, But Lord, I've I'm settled so on... One group this week that needs to be called out. We're going to use this as a public service announcement. This week's fucktards are assholes who drive in the left-hand lane and have no business in the left-hand damn lane. Mm -hmm. I'm talking to Mm 18-wheelers. I'm talking to dump trucks. I'm talking to if you're riding 36s, if your truck squats, if you're rolling 22s, if you have a chips van or any damn van, if if you have a vehicle that sells food from it, if you got a four-cylinder, If your car is made by Subaru, Honda, Kia, Toyota, Nissan, Jeeps, or if it's assembled in Detroit, or most importantly, if you drive a vehicle with a bumper sticker on it, get the fuck out of my way. Little Colton will have to be late to flute practice today. Some of us got shit to do, money to make, and places to go. Good night.
0: All right. For Jason O'Dell, I am Jeff Cox, wishing you much luck in your wagering endeavors. And as always, good luck, good boxing. Please don't forget to follow us on Twitter at giving the points again, that's spelled out giving the points on Twitter and please rate and review the show on Apple podcast. And as always, we thank you for listening to two middle-aged idiots talk about absolute childish topics.